Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Rain Stop Play. Thank you very much for joining us uh, once again. Uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at the first two games of the ODI series between the Netherlands and England, uh, chatting a bit, you know, uh, the nuances of the games as well as big picture stuff uh, for England especially. Uh, I'm joined by Glenn again this week. Uh, how are you, Glenn? A little run of just you and me. I think this is our third pod in a row. Uh, will and Zach will be back. They're just very busy men. Uh, playing cricket and working as you do. Uh, so how are you, Glenn? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And yeah, yeah, no, we promised to, to listeners they haven't resigned or left. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no investigation into their no absence. Drama. They're just, no, drama. no drama. They're just, as you said, playing cricket and working. Why <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, it's quite funny that you mentioned the word nuances for this chat, because as far as I'm concerned, there's, there's, there doesn't need to be much nuance for this. It's basically <laughs> hit the ball as hard as you can in Amsterdam. And uh, we could talk about that for half an hour. <laughs> Brilliant. I think you're spot on. Um, stick around as well, because we will have have the answer to Zach's quick question from about two weeks ago now. Finally. Really, I know, finally, really interesting question. Uh, and we've got a new one as well. So stick around to the end of the pod. Uh, we'll uh, reveal that. Um, so let's get going. Let's talk about these two ODIs. Uh, England 2 up in the series. Two pretty comprehensive wins. The first by 232 runs, which is pretty epic. Uh, and the second by six wickets. And we have to start with that world record score of 498 for four you know, when I saw this squad announced for the Netherlands tour, I thought, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, taking a pretty much a full squad, minus a few lads missing in the test team, uh, you know, respecting the Netherlands, and then going on to batter them uh, and sort of destroy their entire bowling attack, which was sort of good fun. Uh, 122 for Phil Salt, his maiden ODI century. David Milan, uh, 125 and became the second man and third England player alongside Heather Knight and Joss Butler to score a century in all three formats. So well done to him. Then Joss Butler came in and scored 162 off 70, striking at 231. Then Morgan got a golden duck, which was hilarious. We will chat about him in depth a bit later on. 
and then Liam Livingston, who looks like he's going to put his back out every time he swings a cricket bat, uh, made 66 off 22, marginally missing out on the record for the fastest ODI 50 in men's cricket. So this is pretty, pretty chaotic. Uh, Glenn, did you watch much of this? I managed to see pretty much the whole thing, mostly the destructive bit at the end. This was England at the, at the absolute finest. And fair play to Matthew Mott, whose first game this was in charge. He's seen Brendan McCullum and he's raised him pretty pretty heavily, might I add. Uh, it's a good time to be an England fan. Yeah, I can just see Rob Key like almost like licking his lips. <laughs> <laughs> Easy job, isn't it? Mate? Easy job. <laughs> Parachute one of us in. Play your best team. Keep it simple uh, and and back yourself. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'm glad you, you did a really really nice intro there. A few of those kind of key stats there. It's an extraordinary score. It's a ridiculous innings in many ways. Sure, you know, it was a relatively small pitch, or at least parts of it were. You know, we obviously we had a short boundary or two, but. Watching the highlights back just 10 minutes ago of both of both of the games, Dan, you know, most of these sixes would have been would have been sixes in yeah. almost every ground. Agreed. That's that's something people like to bring out. I think when we scored the other when we beat our own world record, which is previously at Trent Bridge, people say, oh, it's got a small boundary. But you sit and watch that innings and the boundary could have been another 40 yards longer. They'd have been sailing over. Absolutely. And I mean, the firepower England have. I mean, there's, obviously you just did a nice job of just showing the ridiculous volume of runs, but the depth as well. I mean, we nearly, effectively nearly got 500 runs, that magic figure that everyone was desperate to get. I love the commentators like egging. I think it was Livingston on right at the end. You know, it was still on with two yeah. balls left. I think if they'd both been sixes, I think we would have we would have done it, right? Uh, so, you know, it was incredible to see that. But looking at this batting lineup, we already had Roy and Morgan obviously both not make a score in that first game. And looking down the batting list, you've got, we didn't, even need Moeen Ali in the first game. Moeen Ali, Sam Curran, David Willey can smash a ball he out, can of, hit out a ball. of any park. He can hit a ball as hard as anyone I know in, in, in cricket. So you're looking at this team and there's more runs to come. This is this is the funny thing. We you know they're almost competing to get on the field at this point. And you yeah. can see you could see Livingston looking almost he was having fun, but he just looked a little bit tetchy on the sideline, right? Because he didn't come in until very late on in the innings, you know, into the 40th over and maybe even beyond that, I think. And you could just see him think, I want to be there. You know, I'm admiring what Butler's doing. I'm admiring my mate David Milan, um, Darren Milan, but I really want to be out there hitting, hitting the ball. And when he came in, I did think I was like, he's just seen everybody hit it out. Of the, effectively, everyone who stuck around hit it out of the park. I was like, how quick? Is Livingston going to store? How much stick is he going to give these poor, overworked, tired, hardworking bowlers who have given it their best? And what was difficult for the for the for the Dutch bowlers is, you know, even good balls were were sent out of Amsterdam and, and back towards England. Right. It was it was filthy batting. Um, but for Livingston to come in, his innings was almost my favorite because you, you got 60. You know, England's you know, quickest ODI um, 50 ever. 66 off just 22. Four sixes. Um, six sixes. Um, six fours. I can't even say it. There's too many numbers knocking around there. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And, you know, you have those special overs, right, where there's a boundary every ball. And it's just so satisfying to watch. And that poor guy. Imagine. I just can't imagine being the, into the seventh, eighth, ninth over of a tiring spell. And Liam, <laughs> Liam Hingston comes out to bat at the death and just thinks, I want a half century. I want to get as close to 100 as I can in roughly 25 minutes. I don't how many minutes. He was out there for 26 minutes. He was yeah, literally fine. You got there. it. Yeah, he, 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 could, <laughs> he could have gone there. As well. I think I saw someone tweet or at least the captain who got Dawid Milan out, I think was kind of half gutted because 
when Milan went, that, that bought Livingston in, which is probably what they didn't want. If you had Milan until the end, they wouldn't have got, he would have been that destructive as good as he was. So yeah, it, it was that, wasn't it? It was destructive. Rightly said, their good balls were going and then it became difficult to bowl a good ball when you didn't know, you know, where it was going to go, where the battle was going to be in the crease. It was carnage. It was England at their absolute best. It was uh, the ODR team at their freest, at their most comfortable with no pressure on against a weaker bowling attack. But, you know, they did they did the job in the end and some. They did. And it was lovely to see the kind of why um, well, we need to talk about all the batters. So. We can get to maybe in just a moment. He's one of the, I think, the standout players of the tour so far across the two games. Um, I mean, everyone's, most people have had a good, a good series so far. But I love the kind of partnership between Milan and Butler because Milan did such a great job. If he was, if he was on strike first ball, more often than not, I think I read a lot of the time, maybe five times out of six, he would, he would get that single and get off strike and put Butler back on strike. So they had a lovely interchange, and you can look at it and say, well, hold on, Butler managed to fly past Milan where yeah. he was. That was quite funny. That was. Was. Got past him after being out there for like a fraction of the time yeah right it was funny but again you know it shows like the depth to this squad and people have different roles and for Milan, for Milan to do that at number three I think that's what you want your number three to do in the in an ODI it's to a score big b he played some glorious shots some of the nicest quote-unquote cricket shots i.e not 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 golf swings or baseball swings yeah. were from Milan and that's not to discredit the huge sixes which I also love but Milan played some glorious shots and he did such a good job of farm you know move farming the strike around moving it onto moving it onto Butler and for Butler to play cricket you know um it, for the best part of two hours 107 minutes and still Dan have a strike rate of 231 is ridiculous 14 sixes each bigger than the last I, I mean, the camera, the camera people, the camera the people couldn't couldn't keep track of where it was. It did, was did, absolute carnage. Did you also see that the the Dutch Cricket Association, I don't know what they're called, um, lost about twelve hundred quid's worth of worth of balls because each yeah. kookaburra ball, like official one day balls, about one hundred twenty euros, one hundred twenty pound, which is crazy. They lost ten. Yeah. <laughs> so Butler's cost twelve hundred euros. Long gone. We had some in Vondel Park. We had some flying into <laughs> flying into the museums around the city. I mean, I'll tell you what. I was I was slightly jealous. I wasn't there with the England with the England fans. Because I mean, did you see the size fun. of the beer snake as well? I, I I'm going to say that the, the Dutch cricket Association made their money back on the beer sales on the day. But it looked <laughs> and it was a gorgeous day, by the way, on Friday. I think it was. Um, so yeah, fair enough. Um, I think you've already answered this question, Glenn. But do you think there's still a place for the anchor? in a one day side like this whether it be milan or you know one would suspect root takes his place in this order when he's available but do you think there's, there's still a place for someone like this at, at number three yeah i think it speaks for itself right so he has played that anchor role right his strike rate is almost a runnable it's just just above that um 114 so he is he is literally playing that quintessential anchor role and collectively as a team Dan we still nearly got 500 runs I think right. that speaks for itself yeah it, it does isn't it I think I, I do tend to agree with you I think you put it nicely when you're saying he knew well not knew but he's able to get off strike and just give the butler the Livingston the Moeen the hopefully Morgan at some point we'll come on to that the ability just to just to hit out basically and knowing there's people below him um, it will be fascinating to see, and we can come to Phil Salt here in this conversation, whether these two guys can keep their place or not, because they are effectively here because Root and Bairstow are on test duty at the minute. And one would presume, rightly or wrongly, uh, that Root and Bairstow would come in for these two guys. But that's going to be a tricky decision to make now, right, Glenn? Because Salt with 122, his, his maiden ODI century in the first game, 
and then 77 striking at 150 basically again in the second game it's gonna be fairly hard to displace um and he's sort of i think starting to wear that england shirt a bit more comfortably now phil salt like he deserves it like he owns it a little bit more yeah i couldn't agree more so we've seen him a lot right he's a bit of a hero cult hero um sussex um so we saw a lot of him i think before moving on to lancashire right so and that was a shame that he actually moved on as somebody who's always fond of sussex but um yeah he you know again he's he's really i think you've said it really nicely stamped his authority on this england team currently the i know it's only two games um but he is the leading leading run scorer across those two innings 199 runs um averaging 99.5 which is which is handy (laughs) handy isn't it so I mean, basically, what we're saying here is he's been given opportunity and he's taken it with both hands. Um, yeah, and it was um, tough. I don't think he got a particularly great run out. I'm trying to think back to the West Indies um, uh, T20 series. I think he was back. I think he might have been a little bit lower down I the think order. He was, I think he batted at six there, you know. Yeah, and it was like, where are we hiding Phil Salt there for? And I don't think he got a, a run, like you just said, rightly so. That was it. I don't think he, yeah, he wasn't able to, to again, stamp his authority on that team because he was batted so low. Um, So that was difficult for him to really make a mark. But here, you know, he's leading from the front and he's playing beautiful cricket. You know, I was talking about um, David Milan's shot stroke play, which was really, which was really efficient. Phil Salt kind of has it all. He has the heavy shots. Um, He has the big hits. He has the strength, but he also plays some glorious shots. His timing was just off the charts. The sound the ball made, and you can say this for every batter, don't get me wrong, but for Phil Salt especially, it was just like an extra, an extra satisfying, you know, <laughs> leather onto Willow from him. He just looked basically down. He looked in great nick. And to have this opportunity, again, you know, with, with, with as much respect as, you know, as, as we can give, you know, Netherlands are not the strongest outfit in the world. They know that. I think England were great to bring such a strong team, to be honest, and, and treat the series properly, as they should have. We'll get on to the second game where I think the Netherlands had a much better account of themselves um but you know he's been given this chance yeah it's not you know uh, new zealand australia india you still need to get the runs and roy and we'll get on to morgan have shown the perils of not getting the runs in these tours because you're expected to right yeah it's 50 or you or you failed effectively it sticks out even more doesn't it when when they do make an error um we will come on to morgan and we keep teasing it but it it does feel like to me that phil salt you know with with an eye on the world cup next year 2023 where we're defending He's going to be that really useful squad player. That if someone does go down, like happened in the World Cup in 2019, James Vince came in and, and, and got some useful runs. He is ultimately going to be that player just because of where we're at with Bairstow and Roy as that opening partnership. And when one of them eventually sort of, uh, you know, sets off into the sunset for their ODI career, Phil Salt will be there. Probably the same with Darren Milan as well. And, and you've got to think, this is, there is so much depth. I saw, I wish I'd, I should have favoured the tweet, but there was someone saying how much depth there is in each position uh, or each sort of area, whether it be opener, middle order, all rounder. There's, there's there's four or five players queuing up behind each player in this 11. You feel like there's probably a 30-man a, a squad you could take or you could even make 11s out of. That's how strong this is. But it's good to see them get, you know, that little run out. Uh, Milan got a wicket as well, worth mentioning at the end of that, his first ODI wicket. So good run out for him. And, um, you know, fair enough. And... Glenn, quick word on, it's James Zach's not here because this is his favourite stat, but now alongside Heather Knight and Josh Butler uh, as a cricketer to have a hundred in all three formats. And it's nice with Darryl Milan. It's one in each, just one, perfectly in each. Um, very nice and symmetrical. So good for him. Owen Morgan. Owen Morgan. Owen Morgan. <laughs> a golden duck, a hilarious golden duck in that mammoth 498. 
it makes you think if he connected with the swipe that he eventually missed and got LBW, we'd have got 500. Quick note, actually, I didn't mention it, how frustrating it is we were short of that. It's really quite annoying. Um, anyway, uh, a golden duck in, in uh, the first ODI. In the second ODI, another duck, this time seven balls. Now, I didn't see this innings, but I can imagine him really awkwardly trying to get off strike and looking terrible. That may have, that, that, I think that's what happened. It's a real issue again, and we've had this conversation before. Maybe, I think, surrounding more the T20 team, because there is, again, a glut of, of batters that can come in that he's kind of taken a position of. I want to know what you think about this, because the World Cup's actually quite far away. It's a year and a bit. Well, oh, yeah, a year and a bit away. He's clearly out of Nick. He's clearly well over the hill in his career. But he's sort of like very symbolic and part of this era that he, I think he needs to be there for that one more World Cup. I saw Jason Roy in the media today say he's backing him to just find that form again. I think I'm in that boat. I'm not throwing Morgan out of the pram. He he will be gone soon in a year or so with Butler captaining and then a nice young batter coming to fill that middle order again. But it feels like we've got to stick around them. These are two pretty glaring failures, though, against the Netherlands. It's not get a single run when their runs have been plentiful. So what's your general feeling? Do you, know, do you want to ditch him now or are you backing him to find his form again? Because he is such an important captain. I think I've kind of thought neither. I guess in between. <laughs> I, I, I I love everything you said there, Dan. I I I, um, I was thinking about this a lot actually just the last day or so because it is you know it's the kind of hot hot button um, topic right now on cricket Twitter online and stuff. Everyone's everyone's got you know a pretty strong opinion on this, and it's tough. I mean the stats are pretty painful. You know he's hit one half century, which was a, a pretty solid 75 not out against Sri Lanka, um, almost almost over a year ago, July last year, in his last 50 innings across formats, and that includes domestic and international cricket as well. So that's pretty painful. And just looking at his last like run of about uh, you know 10-ish games bringing into the blast so starting with Amsterdam coming back to the blast 0-0-5-41 which was a, a bit of an outlier 13-17-22-13-10 so you know it, these figures do speak for themselves that he is you know really painfully painfully out of Nick especially this year um it's worth remembering you know that, that classic thing you know form temporary class permanent he has been what makes this exceptionally sad is he has been one of the most iconic and destructive limited overs batsmen in in modern history to an extent he feel he really falls into the ab de villiers almost chris gale camp of match winner who can hit a six one of the original people effectively who could hit a 366 right who, who yeah. was innovative from the get-go who was the rever- i remember him reverse sweeping loads i was like oh wow mm-hmm. look at this england got a reverse sweeper now that's how long ago this was but he was yeah. like as you said, sort of emerged as cricket kind of took off the T20 sphere and and these ridiculous scores early on. He was there for that. And I'm the same as you. I want him to. I don't want him to go out on a damp squib. I want him to be, and he will be remembered as one of our, if not our greatest ever white ball player. But I just, I just hope he can find a little bit of that magic from five, six years ago in in the like winter of his career, which we're in now. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at that, so just just pulled up his batting stats in ODIs 2017 to 2021. The averages have all been very healthy. 2017, average of 45. 2018, 42. 2019, 52. Really, really yeah, good. He's just been he, rock solid. He has. He did drop. He did drop. He had a pretty lean 2020 where his average kind of plunged quite dramatically to about thir- quite dramatically to about 35. And then 2021 last year, he brought it just around back up to the 50-ish mark. So again, and this is this is again, this has been 
a gradual decline. This hasn't come out of the blue. He hasn't seemed himself for a quite for a quite a while, to be fair, at least the last two years, I would say. Um, you know, maybe the stats don't show that, but he hasn't he hasn't felt himself with the bat from when we've been seeing him, you know, internationally and domestically. I mean, he's barely made a dent. What worries me? Okay. It almost couldn't be worse getting two ducks, including a golden one against the Netherlands. Right. But you, you, you kind of put that away for a second and say these these things happen. Then you kind of come back to the blast and you think, OK, you should be doing well domestically. Right. The standard isn't going to be the Australians, the, you know, the, the national teams. And he, he's, he hasn't really made an impact at all on the blast this year. So that's worrying. Right. So I think we're all pretty much in agreement right down that his form is abysmal and it's yeah. sad to see. And OK, I, I don't think there's any dis, dis, you know, disagreement on that, so, but you, you kind of take that out of isolation. You look at, OK, so what's he, what's still his role? He's still arguably, I would say, the best limited over captain in the world. I think yeah. I think, again, a lot of consensus on that. So it's it's not an insult. It's kind of it feels like a bit of an insult to be like, well, you're playing him as a specialist captain. We're not really <laughs> saying that we're, we're saying, can he find his way into some form that can even have a shadow of what he has been doing the last five, ten years? Hopefully, yes. And I think the bottom line for me is Owen Morgan is going to know when Owen Morgan cannot cannot hack it anymore. I think he has been such a wonderful servant. Well, our first the amazing stuff he did with Ireland, then obviously joining, you know, the England national team and domestically. He's been such a, a hero for Middlesex. Right. So he has more than earned the opportunity and chance to say, hey, I just don't think I can do this anymore. Now, my hope is that he does that sooner rather than later. I would say, you know, keep him in the T20 setup. You know, World Cup's coming up pretty quick. The biggest question mark is you're, you're spot on. The ODI World Cup is it's quite a while away. And if this form, if this absolute baseline for, you know, this flatlining of form right down to the bottom continues for another year or another, you know, as long as he's playing franchise cricket, it will be increasingly hard to, I guess, kind of quote unquote, defend his place in the team. But with that said, he's still such a, you know, a hero and an icon and he he's there on merit. His captaincy is still worth something. It's, it, it still has value. You know, you talk about playing specialist, you know, it's not a perfect analog, but, you know, playing specialist wiki keepers up to even a decade ago. That captaincy has match winning potential. That leadership has match winning potential. If he can just scrape 20 or 15 <laughs> every now, every now and then. And what's really funny, Dan, is. Um, his batting almost isn't needed. If he just drops a little bit lower into the sixes and sevens, like in the batting lineup, half the time he probably won't even need to bat. So it's like, let's give him the space. Let's, you know, give him his autonomy. I, and I've been thinking about this. You know, I was when I saw those two ducks, I did think that is it time to go. But thinking about it for a few days since the, the last game, it's like, yeah, it's tricky. It's sad to see for us, for him. No one wants to see this decline play out in real time. But I think he has the quality and the and the understanding and the intelligence to be like, this is up to me. And I, I really hope he doesn't have to be pushed out. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll have to be pushed out. No, he's definitely earned the right not to be pushed out, as you said. But I, to bring up a couple of those points, I think he's actually better at four, where he is on the card most of the time. Because then if he gets out early messing around... Then come Butler, Livingston, Moe, Curran, as opposed to like they come and then all of a sudden when there's three overs left, Morgan's in who can't, who's clothing it and can't get it off the square. So I do think he's a little bit better there personally. No, and that's a good point. I mean, this is the thing. You can't be going into a World Cup, regardless of the circumstances, you can't be hiding batters, right? You just can't yeah, be hiding. Sure, so yeah. If it, yeah, you know, he's got, yeah, you're, you're spot on. He needs to play the place that an informed Morgan would play. Exactly, yeah, and play if, the spot he should be in all yes. the time, basically. So um, it does work for, I think, when he, go, when he goes off. 
because you're on a hiding to nothing if you're burying batters. And when you've got people like Phil Salt, like some of the players that we're well, seeing with fireworks, this is where it gets a little bit awkward when but, when people are being sacrificed, right? That's the problem, right? If, if this wasn't as rich a, a, a squad for England, the men's England ODI team as it is, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If there were one or two guys that we maybe we'll have a look at, you wouldn't be worried about Morgan's place. It's, it, it's because there is such a wealth of people who could bat in that position, who could bat in four. Um, you could almost play, if you get rid of Morgan, you could play Milan and Root if you wanted a, a double anchor, a double pivot anchor. You could promote Butler, you could promote Livingston, bring another pinch hitter in in the middle. Uh, maybe another all-rounder. Where does Ben Stokes fit into this team? There is so much, there's so many doors that open up when Morgan is pulled out of this team that it's like, how much can we warrant his position? And how I know he's an excellent captain, but at what detriment to the team? If we just give Butler the captaincy, who himself is a good tactician, who has worked under Morgan for so long now that you'd think even if you know a fifth of Morgan's captaincy is rubbed off on him, would be fine still. It's how long do you warrant this for? And I agree that he, d- he deserves the chance to pull himself out of this rut. He's a clever enough cricketer. He's an, uh, a, a team man enough to pull himself out of the situation. And I think he did. He didn't play a game. He might have been injured, quote-unquote injured, at the end of an ODI series last year, maybe, but he didn't play a couple. So I think he knows when to do it. He deserves a chance to get back in, but I'm just... I can see England fans starting to lose their patience pretty quickly with the people we're not playing because of him, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's worth pointing out he has had slumps before. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply in his career once or twice and he's pulled himself out of them and 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 been back to his best i think we're probably probably just past the complete u-turn you know what i mean and he's back to his best he was 10 years ago i think we're just past that but what we're hoping is just to reclaim some of that dynamism that he brings the team batting it's good to see that matthew mark you know the 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 new um head coach has vocally supported morgan um you know he said it's a long way off quote uh, where he's not going to be worth his place in the side um quote he's got a lot of great cricket ahead of him i need he needs to come out and say that right but it's i think the roy interview was interesting i'm glad you brought that up earlier because i think that was just just came out today and yeah, I think there's a lot of goodwill, as there has to be, for him in the yeah, dressing room. Yeah, right, there would be. There would be. Um, he just he is a crucial part of this fabric, right? And in a way, it's almost a shame that they didn't. Not to say that Matthew Mott or anyone else wouldn't have done, wouldn't have done, or isn't going to do a great job, but it is almost a shame that he maybe couldn't have just been smoother segued into the coaching ish role a bit sooner they may have missed a trick there because i i ah. suspect i suspect he'll retire perhaps at the end of the t20 world cup this year if not at the end of the world the 50 over world cup next year he'll then need a little bit of franchise coach. he'll need to do a bit of domestic coaching matthew mott's contract will be up in 2026 20, uh 
with a four-year deal they might extend that they might bring Morgan in there that's a long long way down the line but that's uh, yeah I think he need, Morgan hasn't coached that much I suspect he'll get a little bit of franchise stuff done first but it does feel like he's perfect for this role at some point like we clearly want him around the dressing room and it'd be such a shame for him because his team's doing so well Glenn it, it, it set a world record for a score and and it was that they're playing so well they're humming with a new coach in charge without some of their key players you know Stokes, Archer, Wood, Root other World Cup winners that aren't in this squad and yet you know <laughs> we're having to sit and talk about his form and it's kind of the one story that's come out of it really other than England are good Netherlands aren't quite at it so he'll probably be a bit gutted about that as well I mean that is the last thing we want to do it's the last thing you know the the, the coach wants to do and it's the very last thing Morgan needs is this attention on him I mean the good thing is obviously uh, we could only just hope that Owen Morgan tomorrow comes out and smashes a 15 ball 15 no, and really winning him on tomorrow and now all, and it's all forgotten however were that not to happen and i feel like there might be a bit of a bit of a monkey on his back maybe with this series right i'm actually not expecting him to necessarily get a big score tomorrow however it's worth noting um as espn have, have said in their pretty pretty balanced article about his form um that just came out today um you know he's got um there's a lot of opportunity to pick up runs. You know, we've got limited series against India and South Africa coming up in July. And then we've got this really exciting, if not far too long, seven match uh, T20i tour uh, to Pakistan in September, October. Seven? I wasn't aware of seven until wow. I just read that. So I, I guess there's the World Cup coming up. So everyone's going to think about T20. Jeez, a seven match, okay. a seven matcher. So point being, it, he cl- clearly, it goes without saying, right, Dan, that that is kind of his his window just to... Just, just to really kind of just reintegrate himself into form and back into this batting unit as a whole. So plenty of opportunity and the hundred for him just to try and hit the ball out of, out of the park or whatever yeah, it is, you know, agreed. that just is what it is at this point. So there's opportunities. Let's just, honestly, I think I'm in the camp of let's just keep backing him. Let's keep supporting him. It's this try not to, as ironic as it is us talking about it, try not to make it the biggest distraction. <laughs> I know it's 15 minutes, like just questioning, existentially oh, questioning. Our we didn't lead wrong. with it. We tried not okay, to lead yeah, with it. Fair enough. Um, but no, it's it's a tough situation, and I just he just let's just get get him a score. Give him give him yeah. space and time to get a score and back him, and let's just keep it there. I think that will keep the harmony in the dressing room and just keep you know and, and keep appreciating him as a player and a captain because he, he he's not done yet. Let's, let's, yeah. let's make that clear. I like that. That's how I want to end this chat as well. Let's remember how good Morgan was, how good he can be, and hopefully he can end his career as a player at least on a very high note because he kind of revolutionised the game in this country. So, yes, fingers crossed with some runs. I feel like he can just sort of forget about it. The team's in such good nick. It's been well looked after. Just go focus on your batting, mate. You know what I mean? Just get in the nets for a while. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, let's talk about England's bowling really briefly because, again, that just that just is so reliable, so consistent. Great to see Moe in the wickets, three, three for 57 in the first ODI. And then Curran. Uh, who's working his way back from a stretch fracture in his back. So great to see him bowl nine overs. Uh, he didn't get a bat in the first game, uh, but he picked up two for 46. And I think just, like I said, getting nine overs under his belt was good for him. Didn't play in the second ODI. Um, they're probably being really careful about um, his recovery. David Willey with two, proving how useful he is, as always. Uh, and Reese Topley uh, picking up two as well in that first one, two for 46. Again, there's just such a dearth of options, Glenn. Like, Again, a fully fit Mark Wood and Joffre Archer d- displaced those two pretty quickly. But these guys just come up and they perform consistently every time you ask them to. It's not what you can't ask them much more, can you really? And it, same in the second ODI, picking up wickets. 
restricting a fairly tepid uh, Netherlands batting lineup. But Willie with two, Rashid with two, um, and Brandon Cast who came in, who looked really tidy, one for 36. So again, I don't know what to say really going about the ball. Then, then good job, good job, well done, boys. Keep at yeah, it. Yeah, uh, very efficient, very effective, uh, very professional. I think was my takeaway yeah. watching watching the highlights back again just just before we hopped on air. I think yeah, again, you know, it shows the wealth of riches here. We're we're not a million miles away from this kind of India situation where your second team it would be as good as as your in, as your first team would have been five years well, ago. Well, we saw that we saw that last year against Pakistan, didn't we? The COVID affected series that was a full B team that, that yeah, did B the team plus. Yeah, 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 absolutely. With with Captain Stokes hopping over and 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 working his magic, so. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I was going to say the pace impressed you at both kind of facets did. I mean, um, both the bowlers. I mean, I really like Reese Topley. I think he um, is. Yeah, he good is, to see him back as now after, I think, a fairly bad hamstring injury for a while. He's he, always off the top. He has got bounce. He's got height. He's really dangerous. And I really hope he's actually probably among the first one of the one of the in the first 11. I think, I think he would the, be now. Yeah, I think England, I think England like him the way the amount they play him. And I think he impressed in the West Indies as well. I'm thinking back to recent limited tours. Um, and the spin. I mean, again, Rashid, he he's a name that just almost because he's so consistent. In, in, in the way, the opposite of our Morgan chat, right, where he's sadly the, the, the focal point and no one wants that. Rashid's the opposite, where he's sometimes rarely the focal point because he bowls 10 overs almost every game or four for T20s. He goes at a nice economy, picks up two wickets, and you're like, oh, that's yeah. Rashid doing his job. Yeah, but that is he's so, so impressive as a leg spinner in limited overs cricket. That is so impressive to do that time and time and time again. Oh, I've said this before on the pod. I think he's one of the best uh, best spinners in the world, especially for this format. Um, I, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't change him out for many people at all to be honest and so he's good Moeen is nice to see him do it with the ball and Liam Livingston as well you know he can he can spin it both ways and obviously he's mainly in the team as a batter so you know looking forward to a you know to a T20 World Cup where it's likely to turn a lot it's great to have these options where you can control a game in the middle overs in ODIs and in T20 cricket so yeah it's again you know you, you know we can probably balance it out and say okay well the batting wasn't you know particularly good um, I think apart from Scott Edwards who's really impressed with two half centuries he was on for 100 until he got ridiculously run out in that second game unfortunately but um yeah apart from that not much to write home about for, for the Dutch batters or boulders, really. But, you know, obviously the focal point is going to be England here because they picked down such a strong team. They they turned up with a pretty elite team. Let's be honest. This is scary to read this scorecard. We all thought it when we saw the squad. We thought this could be carnage for the Dutch. But I guess what better way to play the game and improve than, than testing yourself against against the absolute best? It's great for them. You know, the West Indies just came and toured. England are coming to tour like that's great. It is a massive shame. I will just give you a very is a really good um, talk sport cricket collective um, podcast. They previewed the Netherlands game. I would thoroughly recommend it because they talked about how the how the Dutch don't have all of their players because some of them um, like Van der Merwe, who plays for Somerset, Ackerman as well, who's a great batter, who are Dutch and who could have been playing. They weren't able to figure out to be released by their counties because it's midway in the block it's the business end of the season the blast so let's just make it clear this wasn't even a full strength dutch team and they missed their most experienced players and it's a bit of a shame that the counties and the dutch board 
with the ICC in the middle, uh, couldn't couldn't figure this out because it's a shame for the Dutch not to not to let their best players be part of this setup because it would have been more competitive. It would have, and they did a pretty solid job. I know it was a limited overs, it was you know down to 41, but they did a pretty solid job in that second game. They they it wasn't it wasn't a, a horrific beating like the first game at all. So yeah, I just I just wanted to say that on the Dutch end, you know, that good for them. They're, they're playing competitive cricket. Sure, their bowlers got a bit of stick, but they're working hard. They're keeping it professional. I didn't see them give up by any means. They kept powering in. And really, they should have had some more players available to play this. And I think it would have been more even. I didn't know about that, Glenn. So thanks for bringing that up. Because I was wondering where Van der Merwe was. And I just presume maybe he was just not part of the setup anymore. Because I know he's a bit older. But he's still such a class cricketer, as you'll know, as a Somerset fan. So that is poor, really. Especially when, like you said, the Netherlands, who are one of the smaller nations, have now had two of the the main nations come and tour in the past you know eight weeks so uh that is a little bit of a shame uh, but like you said they're very professional and listen when england played scotland a few years ago now three or four years ago they scotland won so the netherlands have the full opportunity to go and, and do it uh in the third ODI uh tomorrow but the way england are playing it doesn't feel like it's going to happen um so as i referenced their third odi final of the series uh is tomorrow i think probably 10 o'clock uk time that will start um but there's also glenn i'm quite enjoying this sort of odi series and test series going on they've just squeezed this odi series in between these test matches but you know such is the depth of the england squad at the minute that you know we're already probably missing two or three of the test players that would be in this odi team we've got a test match coming up which is exciting right uh headingly third test england have already won the series can't believe i'm saying that um against new zealand uh and they'll be hoping through for a three nil win new zealand on the other hand hoping to take something from this tour um should we have a quick chat about that it starts on thursday um jamie overton's been called up uh in place of matt parkinson interestingly that makes me think he's probably going to play glenn right they wouldn't have bothered otherwise um but he again has been very impressive in the county championship sort of like correct me if I'm wrong, a faster version of Craig, his brother, like just a little bit, a little bit more about him. I Absolutely. suspect they'll want to bring him in for, for pots just to sit, just to have a look at Overton perhaps. I, I like that pick. Yeah. I, you know, we've talked about maybe it didn't quite work out with the batting, but with pots and potentially with Overton, all, all England fans have asked for a long time is to play the form players from the county champ, right? That's what people have been asking for. That was Potts coming into this series. That was Overton as this series has been going on. So, yeah, he's got 21 wickets for Surrey so far. They're top of the county championship. They've been absolutely smashing the blast. Absolutely. I've watched a lot of their games because they're the Surrey coverage again on YouTube. It, it pains me to say this as a Somerset <laughs> fan. The Surrey setup for their for their live streams has been sensational. So I've watched a lot of their team and they've had some really exciting international players like Noreen. Noreen, you've got Pollard. You've got a fantastic, a painfully, a wealth of riches, a painfully they've, good team in the block. They've not lost a game all season either, I don't think. They're undefeated no, in all formats. Undefe- so I mean, yeah. Obviously a good dressing room to be in, yeah. Um, and point being, Overton, Jamie Overton has been a key part of that across formats. He's been outstanding and he can hit a ball not that it matters for a test setup he can hit a ball a long way so 21 wickets they're top of their respective tables why not bring in someone who not only is he in form but he's got that extra bit of bite and pace and since he moved from Somerset to Surrey you know he's been really really working on his consistency on keeping that pace high while keeping the line and length on point because that was with 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 Somerset occasionally 
he would stray. He would be a little bit more erratic and that would cost you, especially in limited overs cricket. It would cost you. So I've loved seeing his development at Surrey. Again, not something I expected to ever say, but it's been great for him. It's one of those moves in a way, a move that Tom Banton might actually need, really, and might be happening soon at Somerset, where you just need a fresh setup. You need a new pair of eyes on your technique. You need to be around a different group of players just to test yourself and to improve. So. I'm delighted he's called up. I think he should play. We're, we're speculating maybe Danny might be coming in for pots. Um, well, I was just thinking, just just thinking there, you know, it's a 14-man squad. We're tuning up in the series. Obviously, there are World Test Championship points at play here. And this is not an England team that you can, is suddenly fit, an England test team that's suddenly fixed that you can start tinkering because you tune it up. But maybe they've had a word abroad and or Anderson and have said, listen, wh- how, where are you at? You know, they'll have the red zone as, as modern physios do now. Perhaps one of them's in that red zone and maybe it'll be one of them. But if they want to keep the consistency and keep playing the best team, as they've said they will, I suspect they'll keep Rodden Anderson in if, if both fit and will drop out. Just try Overton as a third seamer, which which he would be in any lineup. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I just hope he plays. I, be really, I mean, what, what better situation, as you said? You know, respecting New Zealand, who are, who are a better team than us in recent history, don't get me wrong, but it is a series that, you know, we've, we've won, which is fantastic. So we actually have the opportunity not to mess around, but to bring in a new face. One new face would be great. I, I think it's going to be harsh on um, on Harry Brook, who, again, just got another big score in the blast just a day or so ago, who's probably not going to be who's probably not going to get a chance in this side, um, which is which is a shame. But that's just showing the people who are who are in the side are doing the business. And that's a good yeah, thing. I'm kind of. Yeah, I'm happy we're not having this chat because it means all the middle order batters who have been Keep rubbish it. for the past 18 months are obviously doing well. So let's just let's be happy with that and, and be content. It'll get a go probably at some point. Um, also good to see them giving Jack Leach from the game I think um, obviously that, that, that Parkinson go back to Lancashire he'll get another go at some point for sure but it's nice that Leach has played all three games technically obviously the concussion sub being one point um, but a big test match for him I'd suggest Glenn with, with again if you want to go back and listen to a slightly more in-depth preview of, of, of the third test and a, a review of the second test head to last week's pod where we sort of chat a bit about this but a big test match for Leach I think yeah, you know, the same way, you know, we talked about it's nothing as drastic as Morgan, but I think, you know, Phil Salt, it's a bit different, but he, he is really, he said in that he's been given this opportunity in the, in the Netherlands and he's, he's just like smashed it out of the park. Leach needs a really uh, strong test, I think, to really, again, stamp his authority. It's just the phrase that keeps coming to mind here on this team. For all his solid stats, and I know people have been pulling out, you know, the the, the poorer stats, especially in the first innings recently. But, you know, on paper, he is, in theory, England's number one spinner, test spinner right now. But it hasn't necessarily felt that way watching him. It didn't feel that way under Root's captaincy. We've talked about that to death, so don't worry about that. But, you know, I I feel like as a generally, speaking generally, it's a a complex fan base, the England one. But I think the mood is is just ticking away from Leach right now. I think he's seen as a a bit dull, a bit uninspired. And this is not not what I think, but he's seen as a bit dull, a bit uninspiring and not aggressive enough, not attacking enough. He he definitely had the goodwill of the fans, though, right? I think especially when he's carrying drinks for most of 2020 and most of 2021. It's hopefully it lasts around, but I think he just needs a, a second innings, which is where the spinner needs to come in, a second innings three for not asking for a lot, really, I don't think. Yeah, and I think I think he'll probably be hoping that uh, England um, England bat first so he can get that fourth yeah. innings and hopefully yeah. it's turning for a bit. But again, similar to Morgan, we can only hope with, with the best will uh, uh, possible that he picks up some wickets and looks good. I think he, he, again, he's earned his place in the team on merit. He should be there. 
the options to replace him, I'm going to be honest, aren't particularly wonderful, right? Really. Well, that's what might give him the rest of the summer still, Glenn. You know, we've got that one test against India and then South Africa to come. They might just say, listen, mate, have the summer because we ain't got anyone knocking on the door. And and we've had a little tiny look at Parkinson and he's, you know, hardly bashing it down. So, yeah, maybe he is still safe. And that's, that's probably a better mindset for him to be in, really, isn't it? As opposed to going into this test match thinking, oh, is this it? And you can only hope the same way the coaching side has said to top of the order, to Pope, to Lee's, to other folks, they've been like, to, to Ben, including Ben folks, they've said, <laughs> they've um, they've said, listen, we're backing you. We're backing yeah. you for at least this series. He probably needs that in the year for at least another series just to say, hey, you do not take all of this pressure. We can talk about it and speculate. And internally, he will be under pressure right there. And this is the problem. He, he just needs, he needs a haul. I just want to see him pick up a haul of wickets. But we've said it before. Unfortunately for a spinner, England just isn't isn't the place where you suddenly pick up a load of wickets. I mean, think about Don Bess. He picked up the easiest and probably least. I'm trying to I'm trying to not not necessarily talented, but like the you know the the, the luckiest five for yeah. history in Sri Lanka a year or so ago because um because it's just the way the chips fall sometimes when you when you're playing in different parts of the world. Leach won't have that help from either the batters or the pitch, so he's gonna <laughs> have to make it work himself, and that's hard. I know. It's, it's tough, tough for him, isn't it? It's tough, it tough. and and and. You know, hopefully in the rest of the summer and then Pakistan away tour in the autumn, winter should be a great time for him. So there is opportunity. I just want to see him get a few, you know, I want to stop talking about him, basically. I want I want him to be like the Adil Rashid then of the one day side where he rocks up, does his job and we don't even have to talk about him because we know he's class. We know he's dependable. Um, yeah, but that's exciting. Can't wait for some more test cricket. It's been a really exciting start to the summer. Um for the men and the women actually so really exciting there so the one day international starts tomorrow uh, which is wednesday and the test match starts on thursday at headingley that will pretty much do glenn but we have some exciting quick questions to to answer and ask now um could you remind everyone i think this was now two weeks ago maybe even three but a brilliant question from zach who works at quickviz so obviously got his info from somewhere ungoogleable info which is great that's a good quick question. Could you remind everyone what the question was? And we do finally now have the answer. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong here. This is semi from memory. I think um, it's, mine's from memory as well. So. Uh, I think <laughs> it's what England batter has the best defence of Eng- any English test batter to play 2,000 defensive shots. Does that, that sound about right? That sounds about right. And I think I remember we were saying, you know, obviously they played for a while. I think we were saying maybe Cook. This, this is so yeah so it's like they play a defensive shot and they don't miss it they don't nick it it's they get behind it and it's a successful defensive shot not like an attempted attacking shot that doesn't get a run a successful just bang so i think we you know trot cook collingwood who is a proper blocker the, the answer glenn uh, if you haven't got this by the way feel free to pause the podcast and, and mull it over <laughs> it's a, it's a- great question it's a great well we, we've been thinking about it for two weeks and so is everybody else probably so they're probably ready for it glenn matt Pryor. I know. I can't. I can't believe that. I would never have guessed that. And I mean, I was lucky enough to see um, see Pryor batting really nicely against the Aussies. I'm trying to think. It must have been Nathan Lyon, I think, bowling. Maybe somebody else. Um, quite a few years ago in the Ashes at Lords. And all I can remember, one of the defining memories, is him paddle sweeping. Is yeah. him doing all these delicate. It was a wiki keeper, you know, aggressive yeah. wiki keeper. I just do not think the words Matt Pryor and defensive just just don't come to mind. He was always I always thought he was a very balanced batter who had who had the extravagant shots but could obviously dig in as well. Yeah, wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. To be fair, 
No chance. Great question, Zach. Great question. Really, really good one. And let's now start remembering Matt Pryor as the most successful defensive batter in English history, I think, is what we'll call him now. Uh, we do have another question fed to us by Zach as well, who is playing cricket tonight. So hopefully we can find out how he gets on next week. Uh, but Glenn, do you want to give us that question to, to go away with at the end of this week? Yeah. So the question is, name the top five run scorers in all T20s this year. Good question. We've got, we got no answer in front of us here, by the way. We'll have to wait till next week. But just some names I want to throw out there, Glenn. All T20s this year. Riley Russo is having a very good year for Somerset. But how much cricket has he played prior to that? We've got to think of people who played, you know, the bash, the big bash, which I think bleeds into the start of the calendar year. Then the IPL, then some internationals, maybe. Yeah, I think Rizwan. I think there might be a few Pakistan ah, names in there. I don't know about Baba. I think well, Rizwan. The thing is, they don't play IPL, so they'd have to get a stack. Yeah, well, we've had the PS, we've had the Pakistan Super League. Oh, the PSL, and, sugar, yeah, and good. We've had, and we've had a, a, some fantastic Pakistan players coming in for the for the um, blast. Rizwan's are doing well at Sussex, so I like right. Rizwan. A He's lot. my pick off the bat, and then for England, I mean, you've got to think maybe I mean Livingston, oh, Salt, but, Butler, Butler, Butler got all those hundreds. But so I think we can guarantee him, can't we? We can send readers and listeners away with that. Yeah, I think Butler and Rizwan lock them in. Rousseau's been great. Uh, Tim, I would say I would say Rousseau as well because he picked up runs in the in the PSL. Ah, and I would say go. and I would say Tim David as well because he's been piling them on. So I think we've got yeah. four there. I think we've got four good shouts. One Butler's has to be. If Butler isn't, there's no, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. So we've given you one. Three suggestions. I think are strong there, Glenn. Um, yes. So we'll have to find out next week who the potential fifth one is. Um, uh, and it wasn't, I mean, it was ambiguous from Zach. I don't know if that includes men's and women's cricket. Um, it'd be interesting to get the um, to get a few yeah, stats on the women's side as well. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think there are four names that, that come off the, that do come off the bat for the for the men's game at least recently in the in the, this year. I mean, that's some there's some big run scorers in there's there. There's some big run scorers. Let us know if we've missed anybody. You can tweet us and follow us at rainstoppod. Uh, our link tree is there as well where you can get our email address we have a website that we don't use but if you give it a visit maybe we'll start using it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh but yeah twitter's our main sort of place you can get in contact with us we have a we have a discord channel as well which you can find through twitter uh, but glenn once again we start these pods just a quick short one to talk about the odi series about 48 minutes later here we are having had a wonderful chat so thank you very much um look forward to speaking to you next week Thank you. Yeah, great chat and lots of lots of great cricket to to enjoy as well. Absolutely. So we'll be back next week. I think either on Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when the test match ends, we'll be here to chat about that third and final ODI between England and the Netherlands. And we'll chat about that third and final test as well. Uh, but for now, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.